everybody, welcome back to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for Snap Judgments. It is Tuesday of Penn State week for Ohio State, as you can see by this beautiful graphic that has been updated as Ohio State prepares to head to Happy Valley. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, I am Austin Ward. We have heard from Ryan Day, Jim Knowles, and Kevin Wilson again. Got about an hour and a half's worth of information, 90 minutes, talking ball. Where should we begin, Bill? I guess it's a Tuesday, so maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba? Tired of it, man. <laughs> Let Berm start talking about okay, Jackson. Okay, it's fine. I got nothing to say. Uh, I, nothing, nothing has really changed. We know he wants to play. Ryan Day uh, re, you know, revamped his message. Uh, he, he doubled down saying, hey, this is uh, a kid. He was on a pitch count. We're just trying to get him better every week. Expect to see him out there. But maybe not. I mean, he didn't. He didn't say, say the maybe not part. Didn't no, say no, the maybe not part at all. Didn't, I added that. Didn't say that. I know, but it just feels weird, right? Well, it's been. It's felt weird all year, I guess. No part of it has been normal that we're talking about one player's hamstring for two months. That's pretty unusual. Uh, Ryan Day did not say that there had been a setback on Saturday. We all saw what happened in the way he left. Uh, I asked and tried to get some clarification on if they were looking at something other than the hamstring, which was what it looked like to me. And he said, no, it was a normal evaluation. Uh, Jackson tried to ask uh, Ryan Hartline and Ryan Day about going back into the game. That's what we saw him stretching out uh, on the sideline right next to them. So I actually feel like I believed the pitch count story more today than I did on Saturday. Maybe they just practiced it better to deliver it better. I don't know, but I don't... You know, even with what Kevin Wilson said about it, which is the second week in a row, he's he's been more pessimistic sounding about it than Ryan Day, which I think is by design, so that he's not the one breaking any news about it. Like, I, I think he'll, pro- I think Jackson will play again on Saturday, and I think he'll probably also be on a pitch count again. The one but, thing that hasn't changed is it's clear he wants to go. He wants to be out there and, and keep keep going. So, if he's healthy, then he should. And who cares? And we can talk about something else. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to add other than what I said all week. I do believe he was on a pitch count. I also believe that his pitch count ended because something happened and not just because they wanted to take him out of the game. Right, like, but all you can do go out there and the idea is you're going to throw 30 pitches, but if you give up three <laughs> dingers in the first seven balls you throw, yeah, all or, of a sudden, you know, if the guy walks off the mound holding his elbow, like he didn't exactly get to his pitch count the way right. you thought he would. Oh, but, yeah, that didn't feel right. Um, just all re- you can do is ask, and Austin asked, and they don't have to tell us what was up. I, I, Probably think we'll see him um, based on the fact that he tried to go back in against Iowa. But I also think that we're not getting the entire story, but I don't yeah. really know if that matters. I keep going back to that. If he would have walked off the field and thrown down his helmet and you know shown some visible frustration and or disgust at the situation, then I would probably view this differently. But I, I think that it was clear 30 seconds after he walked off the field, he was back trying to get in the game. So that's I think we can. Okay. That's yeah. – uh, that's Snap Judgments, Jackson Smith and Jigba version. Let's move Thanks on for to the rest. Now, now, we'll now there's, a new, there's a new show. It's starting right now. And <laughs> Bill's going to go with what he actually learned about the Buckeyes that he didn't know uh, at noon on Tuesday. I thought the way they talked about their struggles running the ball was interesting, which basically boiled down to they just didn't feel like they executed enough. It wasn't necessarily something new or different that Iowa was doing, although Iowa did change up their plan a little bit. Um, I just think that they, without – being hypercritical of the offensive line, I think they just came out of that game feeling they could have blocked it better, um, which I buy. Like, I don't 
I don't think there's problems with the run game. I don't think it's like, oh my God, this is like last year. They can't run the ball against good defenses when it matters. Um, I do think they've had a really good mix. I think it's been much better this year. And they played a good defense and they happened to play like their worst game when they played a good defense. But I think it was more about Ohio State than it was about Iowa. And it seems to me like they feel pretty good about getting that back on track this week against the Penn State defense that got steamrolled by Michigan a few weeks ago. Do you feel that there's any part of the execution that was affected by maybe not believing that Iowa's defense was as good as it was? Possibly, yeah. Like, I mean, you go into that game, nobody thought Iowa was going to be Ohio State by any metric, right? I mean, obviously we knew Iowa couldn't score to begin with. But do you think that maybe it was just like, ho-hum, we'll just go out there and do what we do and not really – recognizing that these guys, you know, no one on Iowa's defense came out and said that they're the baddest MFers on the planet leading into the, the week. So mm-hmm. maybe that puts, you know, your antennas aren't up quite as high um, as they have been against some of the other. I think it's more of what, you know, we've talked about previously that once Ohio State got a different look, like in our in our minds or by the highest standard imaginable, you think, well, they're going to, the next drive, they're going to go out and make a change. Like, it's not necessarily that easy all the time to do that in football. There were a lot of complex analogies about coaching basketball compared to football from Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson today. And I, I you can't, it's more difficult in football to just be like, oh, well, th- that's what we see. And then the very next drive, we're going to scrap all the, you know, all the game plan that we brought in. Like Ohio State wanted to run the ball. They expected to get looks that were going to allow them to do that. And once that became very clear that that probably wasn't going to be the most effective way to blow out Iowa, then they came back out in the third quarter and picked them apart with the passing attack. Uh, you know, it'd be great. We've talked about this with the Notre Dame game or Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship. If, like, in real time, you could scrap everything you wanted to do and make those adjustments live and do it quickly. And, you know, that doesn't seem practical. And it's, I don't think that's going to change for Ryan Day and uh, this team because eventually they'd have a lot of faith that they're going to get it figured out. I think I I think that's right, but I also think there are degrees to it too. Like it's not like they went out and they like, oh, we only ran the ball for I don't know 120 yards, and they're running it for 200 yards in the four previous weeks. Like they ran for 66 yards and two yards a carry, and got I think was a four or five tackles for losses. Like this was this was in my opinion a little worse than like oh we just didn't play well. Sure. Um, Oh, I think playing better can rectify a lot of it, but it's it's something that needs to be addressed. Like I don't. Penn State is whatever. They're not very good on the front. They're really good on the back end, so maybe it's going to look better this week. I think it's going to be hard to tell if it's actually better until they play Michigan. Um, well, it's at four weeks from now. Five One weeks thing now. I think is for sure is that last week was the perfect time for a wake-up call for the offensive line that had spent the previous two weeks being told how well they're playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got Justin Fry statues being built and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so I think, it was prob- I think it was probably a good time to have a – you know, down game because now you eliminate maybe the odds of that happening again as you go through the season. Yeah, I think it might be uh, informative to hear on Wednesday night when we'll be back in here. You know, Donovan Jackson, I think, is supposed to appear and talk. He got beat on that stunt early on. That's maybe the highest profile. Like, you caused this. Like, Kevin Wilson really didn't beat around the bush. That was his responsibility to pick that up. He took it in too far, and it cost Ohio State seven points in that game. Uh, Donovan Jackson has played at a high level all year. There's not any concern that he can't do it. Um, but as you said, Berm, if that's a wake-up call, you made a mistake and it, it cost C.J. Stroud uh, a big hit, big shot 
you know, a physical shot. And then on the scoreboard, it costs the team. So um, those are the things that will be pointed out. And look, I think we've all seen enough from this Ohio State offensive line to know that they can do it. Uh, and if you have one wake up call or off date or off week, whatever you want to call it, sometimes you have those. The benefit for Ohio State, again, is that they did that in a 44 point win. <laughs> Yeah, and the good news is, is the offensive line should be really healthy since they took two weeks off. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, what else did you learn? Um, well, I mean, the interesting thing, I, I immediately started to look if Dallin Hayden had played more than four games um, once it was announced uh, on Tuesday that ship training was now going to be full-time with the running backs. Hayden has played six games, so it's not a redshirt situation. I am curious as to, as they progress, because of the – lingering health issues it appears to Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams are experiencing, mm -hmm. how much that actually matters uh, down the stretch here for Ohio State. But Chip Trainum is a very capable running back. He had one carry on Saturday, and it was the longest run of the day for Ohio State. So you, you do know that this kid is not just a, a stopgap, potentially. He's a guy that can be a difference maker back there. And Ohio State wants to have four guys, at least that it can trust, and it no longer will have one in T.C. Caffey. He is out for the rest of the season. So um, – I think it was partly Bill and I speculated before the game on Saturday that Mayan Williams didn't look 100%, didn't play 100%. Travion Henderson's been dealing with the foot. But it, it wasn't just that those two guys needed a safety net behind them. It was also because the one who was actually providing it, uh, the walk-on T.C. Caffey, is that he is out for the year. So we have confirmation of that. And that would put, again, to get to that level of four guys that Ohio State really wants to have in the running back uh, stable. They had to borrow from the linebackers to do it. What do you think they would do? Uh, do I want to say this out loud? Yeah, you do. We've seen uh, <laughs> Dallin Hayden has had to step up earlier in games a couple times. Um, nothing catastrophic, but it's happened. They face a situation again now that Chip is with the running backs. What do you think they do? I, I personally think they probably still lean on Hayden first, um, but I think it'd be a quick pivot if it's not looking right. Chip's pretty good. Yeah. I think we'd start seeing a lot more of the Jackson Smith and Jigba type packages for Emeka Egbuka. And Xavier Johnson. And and we've seen already that Xavier Johnson can help with that stuff as well. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's probably where the offense would go. But your question is probably a good one to ask if you're talking about the last week of the regular season and trying to get a third and two. I don't think you want to dress it yeah. up and get really crazy that way. <clears throat> I Mine's really CJ Stroud will run it. <laughs> probably not. Um, should we talk about that? Uh, Mayan's really good in those situations. I like the idea of now having Chip at your disposal to also use as a battering ram in short yardage, especially in the red zone where they could have been a little better last week. So it's, I mean, it's really nice of them to like, oh, we need running back help. Who are we going to, who are we going to turn to? Oh, we have a guy who ran for like a thousand yards in the Pac-12. Okay. Well, yeah, let's I guess just hope the Steel him. Chambers doesn't have to get called over there next. I mean, yeah. at this point, you just don't know what happens. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. I think we can rule that one out, but uh, you hope. No, all right. You certainly hope so. But yeah, I mean, seeing that the, the running back depth issue uh, is something we worried about preseason when, when Evan Pryor went down, and now you just start to see it percolating again. And it is nice to have a player like uh, Chip Trainum who, I mean, he did not come to Ohio State out of high school because he didn't want to play running or he didn't want to play linebacker. linebacker. He went to Arizona State, played well there, decided, you know what, I am okay with being a linebacker. <laughs> and now here you go, back to running back. Uh, all right, so running down the rest of the injury situations, Bradley Robinson, uh, a right knee, looks, uh, there's no final verdict. I don't think there's a lot of optimism for Ohio State that they will be getting the long snapper back. Uh, as I alluded to on the daily this morning, 
Cameron Brown has a lower body issue. It is not considered to be long-term. Could potentially play on Saturday against Penn State. My expectation as we stand here right now is that he will not, and that uh, a likely return date for him would be Northwestern. Uh, we will see exactly what transpires there, but that's the latest info that I have on the Cameron Brown situation. Jordan Hancock is back, does not appear like he has any of the uh, pitch count limitations, snap count limitations that maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba does. So we'll see what that means if Cam Brown is out and how much more John, uh, Jordan Hancock can play. Uh, anybody else that I'm missing who has Taraja Mitchell was suggested that he could be back soon for Ohio State. I don't know if that means Saturday or not at this point, but uh, he's been dealing with that uh, setback for about six weeks now. Is there anybody else? Josh Proctor, Ryan Day said was oh, sick. Illness, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I believe he was still out there going through warm-ups on Saturday, unless my mind was playing tricks on me. He's got uh, or something. Oh. oh. Which it's hard to get over. It's going around. Well, yeah, I mean, the Thorpe Award got it too. Yeesh. So you got to be careful. It's very contagious. Uh, Rest up, Thorpe Award. <laughs> yeah, a tease and peas to them. All right, that sounds like about everything that we can come up with for some Snappy Jays on a Tuesday. Les Berm's got more jokes. I don't have any jokes, but I mean, <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. We are going into a game against Penn State, number 13 in the country. We all agree this will be the best game of the year probably to this point. I mean, Notre Dame, I don't really even count season opener as a game for this year. Like, it's just kind of weird. Um, and we barely well, talked the pre, about It's the pre-con. We barely it's talked about Penn State today. Uh, and barely was asked about Penn State today. There were some questions about the Penn State offensive weapons and what Jim Knowles wants to do with that. But, you know, as you guys talked to Jim Knowles, did you hear anything different or new or, fat? you know, I just like listening to that guy talk. But <laughs> Well, he quoted Aristotle today, so I don't think that's happened in a long time in that room. I, I would venture to say it's never happened. <laughs> Jim uh, Trestle did used to work in there. Oh, so yeah. It's possible that, that he might Yeah, have. Jim Trestle and Aristotle were like BFF. That's right. They go way back. <laughs> Uh, it's in the winner's manual. Jim Knowles said the Phillies are going to win the World Series. I think I heard him say that explicitly. Uh -huh. um, no, I think, I don't know if you guys, I feel like maybe Berm and I view the game a little differently than, than you do, Austin. Um, I think this is going to be a really good test for this defense. Um, I know that Penn State's offensive line has been pretty terrible uh, throughout James Franklin's tenure, but I don't know. I look at the, I look at a veteran quarterback who's, who can be good. Like his, his good is, is, is pretty good. His bad is also very, very bad. Um, but his average is and pretty his average. average. But like the mm. skill, the skill there, might be I think is it. something. I think it's something to pay attention to. And I, I, like I, and Jim Knowles, I think, seemed to have a heightened urgency going into this game too. So I'm, I'm not like worried about it. I'm just like very curious to see what this defense does now that it's like finally playing an offense that has a pulse because they've not done that yet. Well, if you think, you know, and Ohio State did this with Jim Knowles and Tim Walton, Ryan Day, all talking about going into the off date making sure that they can be sharper in those 50-50 situations and getting around to finish against wide receivers. Like, all right, for Denzel Burke or Jordan Hancock or J.K. Johnson, like, all right, yeah, I agree. Penn State's wide receivers are going to be a much stiffer test. I've, I'm viewing this, you know, comprehensively for Ohio State and that that pass rush is going to be far too much for Penn State to account for. And I'm seeing a lot more of the bluffs and disguises and uh, different you know, different looks, different blitzes from Jim Knowles than we saw earlier in the season. And Tanner McAllister helped point some of that out to me after the game on Saturday. And if that's the case, and Penn State cannot block the defensive front, and you have Sean Clifford, who has been quite generous at times throughout his career with the football, I don't, I don't like that matchup for Penn State. 
Like, obviously, they're better than Iowa, but are they, like, yeah. good in... Up ours. Yeah. It's buried well, under the turf somewhere. I mean, I don't mean that as the backhanded compliment that, that it came across. But, like, I watched what they did against Michigan. They're not going to be able to have success against Ohio State's defense, in my mind. I just I have a hard time believing yeah, that. Yeah, to me, it's just... It is the first time all year Ohio State is going to play against offensive players that can take it to the house on almost every touch, if you let them. Nick Singleton is a different type of player than anyone they've played all year. Brian Allen is a very good back, but he's not the same sort of burst that Nick Singleton has. Brian Allen, I know, 75 yards on one carry, but still had 170 yards rushing against Ohio State. So yeah. it was not something that's great. Uh, if when you look at how the rest of that game went, it, he was sort of removed from the game plan early. The, the wide receivers are guys that can make catches but also finish plays, and that's sort of the area where I'm like, man, uh, if you if you do let him get back there and have time to throw, Penn State has tight ends that are able to stretch the field. They have players on every level that can make plays. So I just think it's the, the one game where we're going to see how really improved the Buckeye defense is across the board. Um Finally, and I think it's important to. I I, I, I just think I'm James, nervous about it. I, yeah, you said that. We've made that clear. It's going to be a fun ride over nervous. on Friday for that. I'm nervous yeah. about it. I think. Look, it's a curious decision for James Franklin to build and recruit a roster that has great skill players and then completely ignore the offensive line because it's not a way on purpose. Well, it's just kind of worked out. I'd like way. to see. Uh, I'd like to see the actual blueprint. They that tells have me a otherwise. handful of offensive linemen on their roster that Ohio State offered scholarships to. This is not a team that has just a bunch of schlubs out there. They just have probably not been developed as well as they could have been. One of their tackles has played pretty well. His name is escaping me, but he's like an NFL guy. But by and large, yeah, they're not very good. And that is, this game is always close. Like, there's been a few one-point games in here, but the lasting memories out of almost every Ohio State-Penn State matchup that Ohio State has won has been, like, eventually, Ohio State's defensive line just became way too much for Penn State to handle. Like, Joey Bosa, the walk-off sack... Um, all those guys, Sam uh, Hubbard, chasing uh, Trace McSorley in the 2017 game and that game, like Penn State's, like they had Saquon Barkley, they had Jahan Dotson, they had KJ Hamler, like they've always had these guys, and in the end, it hasn't mattered much. So I think I think it's the right way to view things, but I still think that those weapons are going to test this defense in a way it's not been tested yet. I don't think it's going to be 100 to nothing, but I just I don't I don't see Penn State as a realistic threat to actually win the game. So. You guys may well be right, and you can say when we uh, travel back from Pennsylvania on Sunday that it was a lot closer than I thought, <laughs> but that's still several days away, so we'll see if Berm's mind changes by then. It probably won't, but he's locked in, mm-hmm. and we're locked in with coverage all week of Ohio State, Penn State. It is a Tuesday. It is Snap Judgments. We'll be back in here uh, tomorrow for some Snap Judgments. We'll, we'll also have uh, the Daily on Wednesday morning, probably with some stock watch coming out of that win over Iowa. and. What else? Buckeye Q. A lot more coming on the podcast throughout the week as we get ready to head over on Friday. That's Bill Berm. I'm Austin. We'll see you then.